0: Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson and I'll be your host for today's segment. Today we're going to be joined by Josh Douglas, who is a Shields fishing pro staff a smallmouth fishing guide on Malax, and just an all-around outdoor guru. How are you doing today, Josh?
0: I'm doing good, man, thanks for having me on. I'm doing really good.
1: Hey, it's great to have you on here. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit of uh, background about yourself and how you developed a passion for fishing?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Minnesota uh, for the most part. Um, you know, later in life, I moved around a, a little bit, but I was born and raised here. Minnesota's got ten thousand lakes. Uh, fishing's a really big deal. Uh, I was a big hockey player. I played hockey. I played golf in high school, and then I'd also I'd fish all summer long. Uh, I like my grandparents' cabin and stuff like that. And really, you know, at, at the start, it was kind of anything more with teeth, walleyes, northerns, the chance of a muskie. But it was probably right around high school, early high, in high school, I started like get a a real love for the for bass largemouth bass and smallmouth bass and uh it kind of just stayed with me like I, I i'd rather hunt and fish you know I, I played hockey a lot year round and golfed a lot but there there was times when i I would have much rather chosen to probably go hunting or fishing uh during that time so what's nice is after high school and all that in college you know fishing is just starting basically and for a lot of people uh competitive sports are ending around that same time so uh, for me, I just kind of saw the, saw the opportunity, uh, to chase a dream that I had since I was a little kid and, and, and just kind of kept, kept kind of going that path, uh, out of high school and all that kind of stuff and just kind of chasing bass. And, but I had to just, you know, I bartended at at night I'd guide during the day. I did whatever I could to get, come up with money for fishing tournaments and, and, uh, which was hard enough when they were right here in the state, really hard when they started going national and stuff. And, and I started, qualifying for those and moving on but uh yeah just kind of just kind of uh grew up here in minnesota played sports uh love minnesota sports all around and definitely like our hunting and fishing for sure
1: mm-hmm. very cool yeah there's just so much for the outdoors in the you know in that minnesota area and you you know you hit it really well like when you when you're in high school really thinking about all these sports and stuff and then you know for the majority of us sports are ending once you get on to like college and you know, that the outdoors is still there. You can still go out and enjoy that. And, you know, especially this year, you know, it's, it's still there for everyone. So that's very cool.
0: Definitely there.
1: Mm -hmm. So who have, who've been your real inspirations throughout the years?
0: Man, I, you know, people from my family members, uh, I come from a divorced family, so I, I actually grew up pretty young age. They remarried, so I, I had, uh, two fathers in my life and, uh, both of them were into the outdoors. So <clears throat> that definitely helped. I also had uncles, uh, that were, that were big into it or, or help, you know, at least pave the way to keep my interest in it and let that grow uh, as well as grandparents and stuff like that, of course. Uh, and then, and then you got, you know, just watching a lot of fishing shows back in the day from guys like Hank Parker and Roland Martin and, and stuff like that to then, you know, getting into that that tournament scene and watching a lot of that from Bassmasters, FLW, uh, different, different big tournaments. And just, this. so there, there's a lot of them through the way from, from high profile anglers and stuff that have done real good to, uh, to definitely family that <clears throat> in the end, it encouraged me the, the entire way. You know, it's, I don't know if people want to hear their kid come to them and say, I want to be a pro bass fisherman. You may as well. say <laughs> so you want to be an artist or something, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a really tough road, but, they were definitely supportive, you know, chase your dreams, make sure you take care of, uh, you you know, things at home first and, and then, uh, and go from there. And if it blossoms, it'll, it'll be right. And So far, so far all that's happened. So there's a a lot of people I look up to and definitely a lot of people I will thank you, to. that's for sure.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. You, you for sure need a lot of support. If you're going to go down that path for, for tournament fishing, it's, it's definitely not just handed to you
0: definitely
1: not so can can you walk us a little bit through the progression of of when you were you know super passionate about fishing to i want to try and turn this into a career and make a run at it
0: yeah definitely that i kind of it wasn't really there was obviously a progression but in my mind there never really was that's just what i was going to do uh so i just put everything around that and and i have an awesomely supportive wife and brie that that does a lot of that. But, you know, at, at the start it was Brie worked at U S bank and I bartended and, and I guided and, you know, we, heck my first deal with her was I'll marry you and get you a house, but then I get to get a boat. You know, I get to get a ranger boat it was what I, it was the first boat I ever had a 17 foot one. And, uh, we made that deal. She, I held up my end of the bargain. She held up hers and, and she's been like, uh, super supportive, uh, throughout that whole way. So in my mind, it was just kind of always the way it was going to go. It was just, how i was going to go about doing it and I, I didn't know you know i still fight it you know I, I i looked up to a lot of people that have had fishing shows i like that aspect of it you know i also like the hardcore tournament scene uh and and a lot of a lot of people will graduate away from guiding uh, once they once they hit kind of the bigger time or the bigger level tournaments and stuff like that and they start are queuing sponsors but that's something that i just can't let go of because uh that's like what got me there and and <clears throat> me catching a big one feels really good but it feels equally as good watching somebody else catch catch a big one so really the the progression was in some way super fast other way super slow and and in my mind it's still way got a long ways to go you know like as soon as you accomplish one thing then there's three more things that you want to accomplish quicker at least that's how my mind it kind of is is put together so uh yeah the progression i just you know i bartended heavy uh i was able to make that work for me A lot of people have a regular 40 hour work week, you know, and what we would call in the serving restaurant industry, a normal job. Uh, It's tough to get out of that because you got your two week vacation period or a three week vacation period. And it's, and you can take that, but that ain't even enough to get through a season, you know? So it's really hard to make that well with the restaurant industry and and bartending in particular. uh, I was able, you know, if I'm not there, I'm not getting paid, but I can just have people pick up my shifts and leave whenever I want uh, to go, to go play fisherman, you know, and eventually I got, you know, the right bites and stuff like that at the right times. And, and then the sponsorship level comes and, and eventually we were able to get Bree out of her job as well. And, and, you know, now she, she runs around with me and the dog and takes our picture and does all the video stuff and kind of keeps the, that really makes the dream a reality at the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. The kind of dynamic you have going on where, uh, where Bree's just your photographer in the boat you know it's it's a lot easier to convince the wife to to let you go fishing when she's just kind of going with you each time yeah 100 percent
0: and that that was definitely the hardest part with the start was just being on the road and away from being away from her you know there's not a month and a half that's a long time for a couple to to endure especially when you have ups and downs all over the place so uh Uh, yeah, definitely. She, she's been a staple there and, and the progression is just, it just comes, you can't force it. It'll come natural. But if your passion is there, then really I'm one of those, that believe you can kind of accomplish anything you want as long as you follow the passion for sure.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. You just got to find something that you're really passionate about and, uh, and stick to it. So. No doubt. Yeah. So this year's been a little bit different for everyone. Um, How has, uh, how has 2020 affected your schedule and kind of way of life?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's sad. It, it, 2020 is a, a tough year for everybody. It's weird. Um, you know, definitely COVID has changed a, a lot of things. It, it created, uh, I mean, I canceled out our whole season and then rescheduled everything. So it kind of threw everything up in the air. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you, I, I just try to find whatever good I can in it, and I know there's people that are are sick and stuff like that, and we do got to do our part. Uh, when it came to guiding and stuff, it definitely affected me. I only take out of state trips, and I had people booked since January, February of last year for this past season, and of course I had to cancel all those, e- even when it was kind of open. It was it's one thing to do a guide trip in the state, and then it's another thing to ask people to come from out of state into the state. You know, mm-hmm. so I had to just kind of cancel those trips, and most everybody. Uh, understood that, but you know, it was just, it's just been a lot of, uh, kind of flying by the seat of our pants, uh, trying to be safe. But one very, very fortunate thing for what I do is I am generally social distancing almost always in my life, you know, as much as I'd like to think I'm, I'm, I'm out there and man, I'm always on the deck of my boat by myself, uh, something like that, or just me and bringing a camper. So for that, and, and for the sport that I, that I, you know, fishing as a whole, got a big boost, you know, it's a safe, a safer thing for families to do, for people to do, to get out right now during this COVID. I mean, you got to do something right mm-hmm. when, when everything's kind of changed. And I think we've seen that And fishing sales have been through the roof. Camping sales have been up there hunting, uh, you know, fishing si- fishing license sales, hunting license sales. There's been a lot of positive, uh, to come up to come out of this. So, so, you know, for what I do, so. Hopefully this goes away. Everybody, you know, can get back to, you know, healthy activities, but hopefully this one stays. And for us, it was just kind of like, again, just tournaments kind of run our life. So if they reschedule, they reschedule. I got for the first time to be home during spring. I got to plant trees and like put down grass seed. A pro bass fisherman will never have the nicest yard in the neighborhood. Uh, (laughs) Might even get a letter on your door. Like, you, you know what I mean? We're just not there a lot. So, Got to do some fun stuff like that, and got to see Malax during the pre-spawn ice out. I've never been home for that period. I've always been on the road, so uh, it's been some ups and downs. But ho- hopefully, this thing goes away, we can all get back to normal. But sometimes you just got to make lemons out of lem- or lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, you touched on it really well with just the you know more people getting into the outdoors. It's a great social distancing activity to do, whether it's hunting, whether it's fishing, whether it's camping. You know those kind of activities at their core are kind of getting away from people. So it's just, and it's so fun to do. I mean, you can you can talk until you're blue in the face about how fun going out and catching a bunch of fish are, but until you actually, like, experience it yourself, then you get it.
0: You know, and, and with that, there was, you're 100% right, because at some point in my life, there was a fishing trip, a hunting trip, just being outdoors, whether it was with an uncle, whether it was with my dad, whether it was with a buddy, but there was a moment that something happened to me internally that made this my favorite thing in the entire world. Well, you gotta believe that a lot of new young kids have just been introduced, uh, or maybe even even people have been around a while and at the same time rekindled a little bit of, of a love that they had, that work and everything just wasn't, you know, not necessarily in the way we gotta do what we gotta do, but at the same time was able to kind of circle back to that. So you gotta believe the future looks bright, That. just in a numbers game alone there's there's been other people like me that got touched by the outdoors this year and uh you know that that's good things for to come you know for the animals and for us as as outdoorsmen
1: Mm -hmm. yep exactly because i mean with the increased fishing and hunting licenses you know that's just increased dollars toward habitat and preservation so very cool to see you know hopefully you know people's enjoyment of the outdoors really has uh has some staying power you know 2020 and beyond
0: that's what uh, i think i think we're in i think we'll be okay i think things will be good there
1: mm-hmm. so let's go back to that tournament uh format a little bit what has uh so you said the schedule has changed like has, has there been any like other format stuff that's changed with it
0: no no not really um, i mean just just maybe different ways that they're doing uh weigh-ins you know keeping them more um socially distant you know if, if, if as best of their abilities that they can and really it, it kind of sped sped things up which is nice because at the end of the day our number one concern uh shouldn't be you know sponsors shouldn't be i mean those are up there don't get me wrong but it's those fish and we need to get those fish back in the water and all that and they do a great job with it you know i, I catch the same bass every year because of catch and release i, I know numerous bass by names because where, the, where they go to so Uh, I I definitely saw an an expedited, a little bit better expedited process during that, more hands on deck as far as moving people through weigh-in lines, you know, a little less talking up on the stage. Personally, for me, I think that's a good thing because we all have a social media outlet that we can thank our sponsors and promote ourselves and thank the organization that we're fishing for and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, again, if you can get through that process, just allows people to get those fish. Through the stage, weighed in quicker and back out. So that that's where I saw it, and then definitely attendance. You know, numbers numbers went up for they're already kind of surging and getting higher for for all the bass fishing leagues. And it just seems like now there was a, a bigger presence, bigger group um, of people watching watching out there. So I, I think all in all, I mean, mainly everything was like everywhere else. COVID safe, taking extra precaution to make sure we're keeping everybody safe. And then at the same time, though, I think the fish who aren't COVID, you know, susceptible. I don't think them also. I think are going to reap the benefit too because we are we're, we're moving stuff through, and and I think that opened up a lot of people's eyes on how fast of a process that can be.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Can you talk a little bit about how your strategy changed from uh, from the schedule change? So, like, basically, a lot of your tournaments got pushed back one month or two months. So, like. These lakes that you're normally used to fishing in June or July, and now you're fishing in September. So, how does how does your strategy change on a per lake basis?
0: There definitely changed because not not only did they, I mean, some tournaments maybe were supposed to be in March ended up being in October. Those are two totally different different things, you know, different times of year. Um, I didn't find that that affected me as much as just I like to have things just scheduled out know where I'm going to go, especially that we live half of our life in our lands camper. You know, we like to know where we're going to be. Uh, you know, I was only in my fourth year on the FLW Tour, so there's still a lot of fisheries I don't know that well, so I'd like to pre-practice for them, at least get there and know where the dang boat ramp is, you know, stuff like that where I go to get gas. So that kind of kind of affected, you know, there, there was something there to just everything kind of getting scrambled and, and the, the really the not knowing, you know, what's going to happen, Are we going to fish? Where are we going to fish? When are we going to fish? All that kind of stuff, I think, weighed weighed on on me personally a little bit. But at the same time, you know, you just you got to show up to them because you can have uh, some absolute banger tournaments and stuff like that, that nobody can ever take away from you when that happens. So it's just uh, I am looking. It's been a lot less stressful uh, season right now because I think things look bright. If they were able to get through this last year, I'm pretty sure they got uh, you know, next year, I think we're all starting just a little bit later next year. Uh, usually by mid January, we'd be well underway for tournaments. And now it's starting to look like more February, March. So, you know, hopefully everything will have a little bit better, better rhythm, but still, I mean, I I just want to take this time to say hats off to the organizations Bass, MLF, FLW, they did an awesome job to make sure that uh, we could be on the water and doing our job because Uh, We all have sponsors and stuff like that that we need to be out there working hard for. And they really busted their butt to make sure we still have that platform.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy just the amount of moving parts going along with all that stuff. So, yeah, really hats off for everyone to keep keep moving in a positive direction and keep things going.
0: Definitely. It's all we can do, really, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day is just stay positive and go fishing, you know?
1: Yep. Keep on keeping on. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so when you're, uh, when you're fishing your tournaments, you're going to a lake that you've never fished before. What's your process? How do you kind of break it down and look for areas to start?
0: Yeah. Um, man, I've got, again, being, I'm just complete my four year, fourth year, I've gone through trial and error in that department. And I think you're always kind of fine tuning, fine tuning it. Uh, too much like research and stuff like that can hurt me because then I have a little bit too much of a preconceived notion of what it should be. So instead I like to just look at tournament results, stuff like that, see what the weights are because I'm a numbers guy. Numbers don't lie. So that, you know, fishermen lie sometimes, sometimes <laughs> fishermen's lie, but at the same time, the the numbers don't, what they bring to the scale is, is what's really happening. So I like to look at that. That way it gives me an idea of what I need to be catching in practice uh from there you know i just do some you know just look at my navionics maps do some research if i haven't been there before i'll i'll try to get there for like a pre practice and a lot of times i don't even make a cast because that just slows you down i just i idle i put those lorances in my face i just i'm looking for stuff that when i come back then i know where everything is so i got a, a couple of days to practice when i get there if if okay i'm not catching them on ledges i'm not catching them on docks i'm not catching them on laydowns what's next where's where's the where's the grass where's the milfoil where's the hydrilla And all, all of a sudden boom boom i get some bites now i know where that's at on the rest of the lake i'm not still looking going and looking for it so uh my main goal is to stay efficient and definitely use my time that i have mm-hmm. there but o- outside of that i don't get too too crazy on it I, I like to use my nose and just sniff them out sniff them out when i get there and and those are always my best tournaments because then the confidence is there. Everything, those are your fish. You found them, you know how to change with them. And so that's, you know, if, if you get, if you if look it up too much stuff and you have too big of an idea of this is how they're catching them because the last two tournaments are one this way. Well, two things, one, if that ain't working, uh, then you've already wasted half your practice, not following your nose. And at the other point, if it is working well, a hundred other guys know that too, cause that's all public information. So they're all, doing the same thing so definitely just keeping keeping things kind of cool and chill and just kind of getting to know them and then when i get there those those days of practice leading up to the tournament are hugely important because they're telling you what they're doing right now so if i don't know the fishery i'm definitely i just try to get familiar with the body of water and then and then just hunt them out once i get there
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i find that really interesting and and just applicable to your your everyday fishermen too so like the way the way you're describing it, so basically I get out to a spot like I want to look at certain categories of of places to fish like your weed lines or your rock piles or your ledges and so so you're saying, you know, fish each of those types of spots and if they're producing then look out on the lake for like similar spots, correct?
0: 100% Yep. okay and already be driving around for a few days like a pre-practice like showing up there in between tournaments launching again not fishing because fishing a lot of times you're a month away it all changes and you have all these preconceived notions again of how you're going to catch them but instead you know know where some deep rock is know where the weeds are know where the lay downs are and then when you start getting bites you start knowing how to run around and kind of adapt to that and and, and exploit it really
1: yeah yeah, absolutely, and that's just where electronics, you know, plays such an integral part. You know, I've been I've been fishing for thirty years now, and it, uh, you know, it went from like a bobber to tossing daredevils in a river to uh, you know pulling spinners oh, yeah, for walleyes, and you know, it, yeah. it it was never really all that intensive for for using electronics, but now I've started like getting into the jigging rap game and and really looking for yeah. structure and stuff like that, and it's. It's just a game changer what the new electronics can do when it comes to really fine-tuning your fishing game.
0: It it is a big one. And and the thing is, is I've done a lot of electronics training. I wish I had the time to do it more still where I can jump in people's boat and trick it out. Uh, A lot of times people just need to hear, that's right, just confirm. You know, I've spent endless amounts of hard-earned money wasting gas, trying to figure it out on my own when all i ever needed was someone to say you're right you know that's exactly what you're looking for and and the technology that's out there it all complements each other because as your skill grows with it like your abilities of fishing and your abilities of finding fish when you can couple that with technology then you get really dangerous anglers you know that are really really good and they're they're going they're you know they're going to catch them Day in and day out, but what those electronics are telling you are so important, and and it's not cheating. You know what I mean? Like you still got to mm. figure out how to catch them and what they are and, and where to go and all that different kind of stuff. But to be able to video game and play with them and watch them bite, you know, it becomes kind of a. If you're a hunter, it's even more because you're not just feeling the bite; you're actually visually watching these fish now bite your bait and stuff like that. And that's big. That's big time. I mean. Mm-hmm. That's, it's addicting, is what it is. It's real addicting.
1: Yep, and you and you brought up a really good point about like what electronic a person should get. Like if if you've never yep. really fished with anything, you know, get something basic, get yourself really comfortable with that. And then there's there's so many different tiers of electronics. You know, there's from, you know, just the very base model all the way to like, you know, three hundred and sixty degree viewing fish now. So um, that that brings me to. Uh, it's a little something new from Lawrence. Can you uh, can you kind yeah. of dive into that?
0: Yeah, you're talking active target is what I would imagine we're talking about, and the ability that, to be yep. able to see live in, in front of the boat, um, to be able to get like a perspective style view of the structure as well, and down, and that that's a big deal. You know, that technology's been out. Lawrence has had it for a little bit. Of course, Garmin has it. And that's a very popular one. Um, Uh, I've used the Lowrance for, for, for a good amount of time. The one that's been out, uh, from what I've seen of the new active target, of course I have it, but we're frozen now. And so I haven't, I'm just chomping at the bit to get out there, but from what I've seen of it and what I'm hearing from, uh, you know, my co parts down in the, in the South that are already out there fishing with them is it's, it's huge. And, and again, it shows you where the fish are, not only fish, but it also shows you your target. So, uh, at the cup. Last year at the Force Wood Cup, I used Lawrence's live site. So, they're not well, not their current version, but what was their current vision version as of a couple of days ago, just to be able to creep up on brush piles. I idled for three days straight without making casts. I did it at Sam Rayburn this year. I did the exact same thing. I idled for days looking for brush piles, marking them, not fishing them, just marking them, uh, getting my boat right over the top of them so I knew right where it was. Well, the trick, though. Is when you creep up on those brush piles to keep them far away from you. They're, they're no secret. They're there. They get fished heavy, so you got to stay away from them, and you have to know where they are. If if I if it takes me five casts every time to find it, and then three more casts to relocate it, that is just a waste of my waste of my time. And can I still have a good tournament? Of course. But to be able to sit there and look forward in the water and just see that there's that brush pile right there is is really a huge advantage because now i can make every cast i'm hitting that thing and then i watched my progression from at the cup i couldn't really tell you if i was seeing fish in them or not i knew i could see the brush pile i've gotten so good with with the live site over the course of the year that then i'm sitting there at rayburn not leaving the brush pile because i can see one there just trying to hit my bait in that right spot that's going to trigger that bite and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but some key fish uh, that got me second place and dang near got me a trip to the classic uh, i caught because i could I, I just did not leave that brush pile until i got that fish to bite you know and and stuff like that or an even more scene environment that's what i tell everyone in electronics training electronics for me are to find their home and to show me an environment i need to see that the place is active that it's going on that there's stuff there and that can be bait that can be you know bluegills. It can be big predator fish whatever it is i need to see that something's there because there's a reason why and from there i can sit there and try to you know find if if i get on them good enough to where i can really fine tune them great uh but still the advantage is mine because i just i'm not i'm not guessing And fishing for a lot of people is guessing it was for me growing up love my dads and stuff like that a ton but we were guessing when we were out there we were no map no nothing sitting over something with a bobber and just hoping that we got bit and if there's one thing that I cannot stand to do it's guess I like to know exactly what's going on and and that technology that active target will now give me 2021 is going to be going to be really good because not only have they caught up but I think that they've surpassed so I'm I'm really excited for what the future holds with Lorenz
1: that's very cool so so is this all like live real time information then or is there a sort of lag with what they have going on
0: i i mean we didn't have a lag like i said i haven't been able to put it on my i have it i haven't been able to put it on my boat and play with it i've seen i've been involved in meetings and stuff when they've showed us what what they have in a similar version of what we're doing now um, but live site was pretty was was it was it was live i mean it's it's live it's you I mean obviously you have a little bit of a delay with anything in in lifting your rod but I mean I'm talking it's a millisecond you know it's mm-hmm. I don't even know how to judge a millisecond so that could be a lie but still it's <laughs> fast you know And it's like yeah. right there and you're watching the fish react and that's that's a big deal you know I can tell you I go out here on Lake Malax when I'm guiding or whether it's a tournament it don't matter if I go out here I can see I get to a couple areas I'm familiar with I'll start throwing baits in there and I'll watch how the fish react and anyone who's fished for bass a lot knows in the springtime that you can see them a lot of times but throwing a bait at them makes them just spook and go away from it and not give you a good reaction to what you're throwing other times you throw something and you get them to kind of you know creep in and look at it and, and all of a sudden you're like oh i'm drawing his interest no different than rattling for a big buck or something sometimes you rattle and you watch the white tail go and you, you scared him you did worse should have just let him come in other times you rattle he comes right in so I can throw a, an array of baits on my very first spot, see how the fish respond to that. And then every day it's different. People hit me up every day on my direct message. What are they biting on my lax? It's like, I got eight things on my deck in my boat and I'm going to rotate through them and until they tell me what they want to bite that day. You know, I, I don't want to eat a T bone steak every day. I like T bone steaks, but I definitely don't want to eat one every day. And I'm guessing fish are kind of the same, you know, and they have an attitude. So if I can kind of get that, uh, figure them out and the more i can tell more i can see live the, the reaction the bite i mean all that's cool you know like you were saying a jig and raffle that's awesome watch them; we'll come up to it and bite it and then just set the hook like i got one you know that stuff's cool but also just to learn and every single day now i watch how much better i get by the day because the technology is confirming it it's it's putting more pieces of the puzzle together and i've seen you've said i you know some people underutilize electronics some people overutilize them i have seen people put 10,000 dollars worth of electronics on their boat strictly for them to know what the water temp is and what the depth is overkill i've also seen people on the other hand put a couple hundred dollars worth of electronics are so good at that but so stuck in their ways to not want to move up with the technology that you're like you're a really good fisherman you really you know so To find that happy medium in there do you need to go spend 10 grand no do you you know what i mean but there's a happy medium for every fisherman out there and the technology definitely makes makes you better and takes a lot of that guesswork takes a lot of that guesswork out of there
1: mm-hmm. and that's where you know a place like shields comes in perfect you know we have such a wide selection of electronics like stop in talk with one of the experts you know they want to hear your story anyways i mean they're they're sitting in the fishing department they want to talk about fishing so you know t- tell them what you like to do tell them what uh, what you're going for and uh, and they can help you get into exactly what you need
0: and that's where shields is different than the rest is going in there and getting the education of being able it, For me, I get a lot of people that are, I, I spark people's interest. That's my job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spark people's interest in a product, spark people's interest in a new technology, whatever it is. And, and then from there, they have a million questions, right? Well, what's nice is I can tell them, go and do your local shields, go in there and just look at what's best for you, talk to them and they'll get you dialed up because they're extremely educated on what's going on. And it's not hard, right? Anybody who knows knows it's really not rocket science, what we're doing out there. It's really pretty easy, but just getting a good bit of information and not just getting sold a unit is a big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, so what does being a, a, a Shields Pro staff member mean to you?
0: Yeah, that's a good segue right in there. That's perfect. She, it's It's awesome because Shields is the is is in my opinion the best of the best when it comes to any of your any of your dealers out there. It's it's employee owned, which is a, a big deal, and and that also has got vested employees that are educated. You know, you can't walk inside a Shields for very long before someone's at least gonna ask you how you're doing and if you need if you need anything. You know, if if you need help. uh So I'm the type of guy that sits there all the time like nope 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 I'm good I'm good I'm good, and then all of a sudden nope there it is now I got a million questions for you and and they're right back there and. Not only that, they, they carry some of the best equipment out there from hunting, fishing. And then it's little things for me. I'm gonna go back to hockey. Um, I grew up running around trying to get my ice skate sharpened, my hockey skate sharpened. And Shield still does that. You know what I mean? Like they are actually a big chain store that will still sharpen your skates and, and stuff like that. And to me, that's just it's it's a small town mom and pop feel at a, at a place that has literally everything imaginable and if you think it's just an outdoor store i might talk about that a lot but i can tell you breeze checking account will show you that it's not just for it's not just for outdoorsmen and stuff like that either they got a bit of everything at that store
1: oh absolutely yeah i've uh, i've worked for shields for you know a year and a half now and um my first purchases at shields when i started working you know i'm just a huge hunting and fishing guy so but my first purchases were Sorel boots, Elsa boots for my four-year-old <laughs> daughter. Cause like I'm trying to strategize, like okay, maybe I can save up for this live scope or whatever. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's all getting wasted on Elsa boots.
0: <laughs> that's I'll tell you. That's me too. Like I go in there and it's like they have an awesome fishing selection, but I'm probably the last guy in the store that needs anything fishing, fishing wise. When I first walk in, hunting's always good, but and i'm sponsored well so i generally am clothed by my sponsors they send me my stuff to wear all the time so i think i think my first few purchases were levi jeans because it's like the only thing i can't get from a sponsor is jeans so mm-hmm. i was like and they have the best select you know the best selection of, of everything R- tennis shoes for running uh hunting fishing and then again we, we talked about earlier i'm a giant minnesota sports fan uh, i bleed purple i love the vikings for better or for worse i always and golf and all that kind of stuff and i can just get everything i everything i need at shield store so it's to me it's the best i've, I've worked my sponsorships and my my um you know they're they're necessary for what i do i definitely need them it's it, you gotta have them and at the same time i've always in one thing i can say for myself is i pick the companies that i want the most i'm the one that's doing it every single day I want the best equipment. I want the stuff that I dreamed of having as I was a kid out there doing that job. So I will start from the ground up with that company to stay with them and just grow. And when it when it came to uh, getting with a, a dealer like Shields, that was a uh, you know pretty pretty a no no brainer for me. And and uh, and uh, I can only hope to you know keep doing them justice, being one of their pros for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been doing an awesome job so far. We we really <laughs> appreciate you. it. So. Yeah and I yeah, imagine that, I, uh, I imagine that blue heeler of yours has been pretty uh, you know pretty teased and, and treated at, the, at Shields, too.
0: Yeah, he, well, he goes in the stores every time every chance we'll give him. Uh, he loves grabbing toys immediately, stuffed animals and stuff, and fetch it, you know we, we use that fetch it thrower everywhere we go, because you got to imagine he goes on some of the longest truck rides, and from the day we got him, we picked him up. We picked him up in kansas city and he was on the road immediately for like four months so it's always ever known so he knows where to find a new fetch it and stuff like that and you chuck it when we get into uh uh the stores but it's all it's always good you your pets are welcome there and he's uh you know now we're getting him into antler that's my new thing is getting him to find horns getting them to be able to walk through the woods and sniff up horns and stuff like that so that's kind of my minding his new game right
1: now oh there you go that'd be a lot of fun i've always uh, i've always wanted to get a shed dog but i haven't quite haven't quite got to it yet so have you have you started like the whole training process with that then
0: yeah just just recently you know i got him hunting and i've never i'm like by no means a hunting instructor but blue healers are really really smart they're like half dingo or something like that (laughs) so they're like they, they are, they're, they're, they're like, they got uh, Australian dingo in their blood. They're really, really smart dogs. So it doesn't take too much, but he has a nose and me and, and my buddy Andy and some people got him out hunting and stuff like that. And he's a, he's a birdie dog. He, he fetches anything. That's his thing. He wants to go get it. And you know, Lutzen's a natural cattle dog on his own. So his instincts are to herd you and not, not run away from you. So he always going to want to stay really tight. So we were able to get him out and uh you get him pheasant hunting and grouse hunting right away he's really good at that he has a nose and he just took to it so quick that i i just started hiding little horns around the house let him smell it and hide them uh, he knows the game i'll open up the door he runs outside he sits on the deck i shut the door i, mo- I walk around the house i hide a little piece of the horn or, or a pheasant's wing or something like that and we'll do it for hours if, if i'm not if i don't have any fishing to do or something like this time of year and uh open the door he runs in right away and just starts sniffing around for five minutes next thing you know he's flipping it in the air and he he finds it so he, he's pretty good at finding the horns now i just got to get him out you know I, I gotta we got some woods in our backyard so i'm gonna hide like five of them and take him on a little walk and make him find all those once he can do that the, then we'll hit the big woods and see if he can uh see if he can find them but just just something to do you know
1: yeah that's very cool and you know i I'd never really thought about a blue healer for for a hunting dog, you know, but it does make sense. What I really like about about what you said is just that that they want to stay close to you, and then it just makes that yeah. a whole lot easier because you know, like everyone's hunted with that one lab or whatever that's halfway across oh, the yeah.
0: field. Oh yeah. Watching pheasants jump up a mile away before you can ever get to them, for sure. Yep, yeah, that
1: is, I'd say that has to be one of the most painful things of pheasant hunting, is, like, oh, yeah. you you spend so much time waiting and anticipating and getting all your gear ready, you know, getting out there, and then all of a sudden, like, they bust out 200 yards in front of you, and you have no chance, and you just watch them fly away.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they get smart. You think they're just going to land somewhere close, but they don't, and they keep going, but... Yeah, there's nothing better than a good good bird dog and then nothing worse than a bad one. So you gotta find that middle ground. But uh yeah, he's pretty good. He, he, he you know, those reeds and cattails and stuff like that get pretty he's pretty low bodied, but uh when it comes to hunting, no, the healers are good good like that. They're not runners. You know, we had a Rottweilers before that. And that got a little tough on the road, you know, we did it for a while, had Keegan with us on the road, but they're herders as well. You know, Rottweilers are herders as well. But They're more of like a sheep herder. Like uh, blue healers are a lot smaller than a Rottweiler. He's Mm -hmm. only 45, 50 pounds, but he don't back down from absolutely nothing. If he sees a mountain lion, that's my bad day because he's going to chase that thing. That's just what – it's just in his DNA to chase something. So, uh, um, yeah, he's a cool dog. Definitely Mm -hmm. a good breed for for hunting, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely a good-looking dog too, man. They're pretty.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Don't let him hear that. It gets a little, <laughs> yeah, I'll, he, I'll he knows you quiet, that everybody tells uh, him that every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very cool. How was, uh, how's the rest of your hunting season been?
0: Yeah, it's been good. You know, again, a lot of it got delayed a little bit. Um, this year with, with just the reschedule uh, the reschedules for the tournaments pushed a lot of stuff back into the fall, but uh, still I was able to, to make it happen. Uh, spent a lot of time in a deer stand, here in minnesota i had to cancel an oklahoma trip that i was really really looking forward to of, co- of course because of the COVID stuff but um sounds like i'll be able to go do that next year so i've been spending a lot of time of course early in the year you know i got a nice uh nice sweet corn farm i get to hunt down by rochester very close to the rochester shields actually and uh yeah every day i passed on multiple does of course and smaller bucks and stuff and i saw a couple that saw at the wrong time never had shots or maybe saw a couple of big bucks far but of co- then you know and just being picky through the whole firearm season and stuff being picky and then going back I went into St. Cloud Shields actually and I had an old 50 caliber muzzle loader I never shot a day in my life and uh, I think I traded my dad one of my old Lowrance grafts for it at the end of the year for his is a Luma you know so I went there and hadn't they put a new scope because that just got passed in Minnesota you can put scopes on the loaders and helped me out a ton now i feel like i'm dang near an expert after i walked out of that place and i, I might even hunt muzzleloader more even even when i can shoot a 30-06 out or something i'm just kind of infatuated with those with those guns now but uh, you know i went back up for a little bit and then uh we just started wasn't seeing much when it came to deer hunting then my then i got a text that my boat came in and somebody showed me a video of my boat showing up so then i just kind of basically climbed out of the deer stand at about that moment and then my head goes right into fishing right away but we you know i've been doing some wild pheasant hunting out in, in minnesota that's new for me you know usually we go out of state something like that to find pheasants we've been kicking them up around here bringing lutes he's been able to work with some pointers and stuff which is you know of course they stop and freeze and then lutes and just runs in like a maniac to get them <laughs> up so it's kind of a a good little combination of the two but uh no it's been good it's been it's been a good relaxing year coming off of a, a relatively stressful one it's been good to kind of hit reset for a little bit but uh you know i think i've had about a month off now and that's all it takes i'm i'm pretty pretty screwed up in the head when it comes to fishing and that's just what i want to do immediately so i'm starting to get pretty excited to get back at it
1: yeah you know everyone's got their vice so um yeah. what, why don't you tell us a little bit about your boat and ju- i mean your whole setup because you got a pretty good uh, pretty cool rig for for that you're staying in too so just uh why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about that
0: yeah. So Bree, when Bree quit her job at US Bank, we just went off on a, a deal. We bought a little tiny cabin up by Lake Mille Lacs. And since then through guiding and, and having some good tournament years, we've been able to do some remodeling and kind of getting it up, but we needed a home base because we were uh, getting with Lance Camper and we were going to travel around the US in a Lance Camper and, and fish tournaments. And it's exactly what we did. And it would not change that for the world. Like, Messing around. With ho- I can only imagine right now with all the COVID stuff that's going on and how difficult that would be. Uh, but just not needing to worry about parking spots or worrying about my rig outside, all that. We're generally right at the boat ramp, always on the lake somewhere. So the, so we, we roll around with a big dually, the Shields Wrap dually. Uh, we got a, a Lance camper this year, right before the COVID stuff happened. Uh, We had just gotten into a brand new Lance camper. So it's kind of like the Taj Mahal for us. It's awesome. It's got a slide out and everything. And then we just have to run a little extension because those campers sit off the back of the bed uh, just a little bit. And then my bass boat. And I, I run Phoenix. I think I'm on my seventh one. I think it's my seventh Phoenix. Seventh year in a row um went back to a 21 phx it's uh, all their boats are really really good but the, the phx is their biggest and for guiding that's nice we got two full-grown guys out there and myself um or Lutzen thinks he wants you know <laughs> he wants part of the deck too so i gotta take him in consideration but uh you know running a mercury power pole power poles and lawrence units uh it's it's pretty it's pretty decked out it's a good office it's it's a really good office to have and uh and travel around the u.s and kind of see some of the the better places that this country has to offer it's it's a good office that's for sure
1: mm-hmm. i would say so that's a it's a yeah, pretty it's sweet awesome. pretty sweet rig you got there so do you do yeah. both your tournament fishing and your guiding out of that same boat then
0: yep yep that's just my tournament boat that's my every you know it's my everyday boat it's one that i i use so sell it annually and get myself into a new one fresh hours on it and Get to beating it up right away but uh no they're they're good boats you know right here phoenix is awesome it really i can't i mean i, I don't think there's a, a, a better combination up there that i could ever want i mean it does everything that i need and one thing with mille Lacs is it gets really rough and tough in a big hurt in, in a quick hurry and it ain't nothing for tournaments to get scheduled on lake erie or lake ontario or some of these giant factory big big waves and that's one thing that a phoenix just does really really well is
1: they're they're
0: fast and all that but they're really comfortable and they they climb waves really really well keep you on top of the water and and uh, don't beat don't beat me up because the older i get i'm going to definitely feel every one of those waves one day i, I know no between hockey my first 20 and fishing the second 20 i'm guessing i'm guessing that uh my last 20 are going to be pretty pretty painful from all the uh <laughs> from jumping all the waves and taking all those hits, but still nonetheless.
1: Yep. And I think there's a lot of us out there who feel that same way. You know, you, you creep up in years and it's just, things start to ache that never used to, and you start to start to really appreciate those little comforts.
0: Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you get a big eight pounder on your line or a big six pound Smalley and you feel like a, six uh, 16 17 year old in a quick hurry again running all over that boat trying to get that fish in there so
1: yeah absolutely uh, fishing
0: fishing and hunting will keep you it'll keep you young you know
1: 100 percent. so that's right so one of the things you like to do is uh is a series what's on my deck can you can you talk a little bit about that
0: yeah definitely and actually i'm going to plug another one that we got coming up when i'm done so if i forget that give me back on track but definitely what's on my deck started you know when when covid happened at first everyone's kind of like you know what is this, this is, i mean my, i think i was one of those oh this will go away in a week you know everything works out and then kind of set, started getting like worse and worse things you know you know sports are canceling and then you know it's like pretty serious and then bass fishing followed and and all that and you realize okay this this is a serious deal well then you go into i still have a job to do and i don't know when i'm gonna have a tournament you know and tournament fishing isn't all of it that's for dang sure our social media and and just everyday fishing and stuff is kind of a kind of a big deal so yeah what's on my deck so basically when when covid kind of came in and it got serious tournaments started getting canceled and really i was left you know what, what what can i do for my sponsors you know places, you know, even take shields was closed, you know, there for a while, stuff like that. And nobody really knew what was going, what was going on. So I, Bree and I just kind of sat down and said, you know, this is, a, this is really an opportunity for us to keep, keep the ball rolling when they, cause you know, everyone still needs social media stuff. It's a content driven world. And, but we weren't, couldn't really go do anything. So it, I was looking for something to do. And all of a sudden I, I went out and my, I still had all my stuff on the deck of my boat from fishing and I was like, you know, here, I'll do this. And we took, we took a bunch of pictures and I laid out literally everything on there. Cause I'm a fish, I'm a geek really, when it comes to it, I love fishing and I love everything about it. And I, I, sco- I still scour any information I can to try to learn more and, you know, what are guys using, you know, stuff like that to, to be better and, and succeed. And it went, it went like, it went awesome. Like I, I posted, I had no idea you know, it was going to take off like that. And the engagement that came and the direct messages that followed and the people hit me up through my website and sending emails and all that, just loving that and wanting more. Yeah. We had, we did it first as like a Instagram thing for a couple of times and then started doing it as like a YouTube, uh, YouTube thing. And, and it's just, it's well-received people, people really like it. And I'm just telling it the way it is. I mean, I'm just picking the, the, de- the stuff that's on my deck for that given month. And I usually try to do a small mouth and a large mouth one, if, you know, smallmouth small during the summer months for the most part, and then bargies all time of year. But, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an in-depth look at what we're really using, what knots we're using, what line, you know, I got on there and, uh, from jig heads to hooks to rods and reels and everything in between. And it's been super popular. People, people really take to it, really like it. And, uh, and definitely the engagement is there. Like I, it's mm-hmm. a full-time job answering questions after I do a, A new one for people you know just stuff like that but then what's cool is a week later and all of a sudden i'm not kidding you i'll get people will it might be another dealer and i've had it numerous times shields where they send me a shields uh uh, shields bag with literally the stuff that i said that i was using they went out and went to shields and went and bought it you know (laughs) and you're just like that's awesome man people people are listening so i'm I'm, people keep tuning in i'm just gonna keep giving it to them straight uh Mm -hmm. and uh you know, we, we have some secrets, but at the same time, I uh, still got to catch them at the end of the day. That's, that's my job, you know. Yep,
1: yep, absolutely. I, I totally love that segment because it's just – it's a great digestible segment of a ton of information. It's like this is working yep. right now for me. This can work for you too. So love it. I. Yep. Uh, so I want to I give my own version of a, of a what's on your deck for you. So okay. you can do – five setups for the rest of your life what are those five oh. setups that are going to be on your deck
0: and you're not going to give me like large small small, small, small just five no you,
1: you get five setups can never change them it's just five different setups got to get all you through right. the rest of your life
0: all right if you're only going to give me five setups which is very difficult for for me to do that and, That's going to have to at least cover smallmouth and largemouth combined. So my first thing is going to be a jig. Um, You know, I'm I'm going to use an outcast tackle cage fighter jig. And the reason why I'd want that one, it's got a horizontal line ties as as opposed to a vertical. If you were going to give me a bunch of rods, I'd want a vertical one for flipping grass and a horizontal one for everything else. But it'll be okay in the grass, but it'll still be good on docks, laydowns. But I can also, um, with that setup, fish deep too. So I, it can be shallow and it can be deep, uh, large mouth and small mouth. So I'd probably throw that on like a seven and a half foot heavy action rod. Um, like I said, all mine would be G Loomis and Shimano. And then, uh, and probably a seven speed Shimano reel, something that I can catch up line kind of quick, but, but not too fast because I might try to move, you know, fish deep, fish shallow and everything in between and probably like straight, straight floral carbon line uh straight seeker fluorocarbon i'd say 17 pound test would be pretty good all around for fishing deep and still thick enough for like the heavy heavy cover so that would be my first one my second one would be a ned rig because i can catch small and large mouth it's a finesse a finesse presentation um, of course i'd use my net head the ocast tackle perfect net head uh I've been really digging the 10,000 Fish, which is a catch company bait, uh Sakoshi bug. It's like a little crawdad, but it has that Elastec style plastic mm-hmm. to it, which is kind of the key with the Ned Rig. Uh, seven foot medium action spinning rod. Um another topic, so a spinning reel. Uh and then I'm on any spinning setup I run braid to fluorocarbon uh leader, braid mainline fluorocarbon leader. So that would definitely be number two. Number three would have to be a crankbait. Growing up in Minnesota, actually, I didn't throw a crankbait a lot. So I kind of got my front teeth kicked in in tournament fishing the first couple of years because uh, so much of it is just moving around and finding fish and looking for ones that are willing to bite. And, uh, And shad is a big deal everywhere else in the country outside of Minnesota. But even here now, I've taken what I've learned other places, brought it back home so a crankbait would have to be what it would be and i would use a, probably like a 7 foot medium heavy but that's a crankbait rod medium heavy so it's it's a little bit more parabolic a little softer than your regular ones uh, and then you know you whatever crankbait if 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 uh, i can only pick one i'd pr- i'd probably pick a, D, a rapala dt10 because I can still fish that out to at least 10 feet, but I can also fish it shallow if I work it really slow, I guess. So, uh, and, and the DT series of crankbaits are one of my favorites for sure. Um, that's three. I'd have to have a topwater and I'd be stuck between like a buzz bait or a walking style topwater bait, like a Zara Spook or something of that nature. Uh, so either way, I'm still going to need a top water rod. So I'd use like a seven foot medium action rod. I use braid on my top water. And if I got to pick one, I'm going to say a walking style bait because I can still use that and not move it at all when I need that presentation where a buzz bait will sink if I don't just move it fast. So I'm going to take a walking bait, but I can still move it fast enough to make it disturb the surface like a, like a buzz bait would. So What's that? That's four. So I get one more. That's
1: four. You got your last one.
0: And last but not least, I would have to definitely go with a Carolina rig. And the reason why I go with a Carolina rig is it can be fished real deep. It can be fished super shallow. It can be fished through weeds across rocks. I mean, basically it's it's, anything is deadly to a bass like weightless plastic. Uh, but with a Carolina rig, you can have as light of a weight as you want, or as heavy like an ounce and throw it out real deep and that falls to the bottom. So I can feel that'll transmit everything. I can feel all that, but the bait actually sits kind of behind the bait, you know, as long as I want and is a weightless presentation. So that weight will slide up and down. So even when the fish bites it, they still don't feel that weight in their mouth. Like they would a jig, uh, they're going to slide it away, but it's, it's, it's like I said, super versatile. I can fish it in anything at any depth. And, uh, you can catch both large mouth and small mouth. I would probably use a seven to seven and a half foot medium, maybe a heavy action rod, a seven speed reel and like straight 20 pound floral carbon line. Something like that would definitely get the job done.
1: Perfect. Yeah, that sounds like some some excellent setups. And that was, that was a ton of information right there in a pretty short yeah, oh period yeah. of time. Um, you know, I'm guessing a lot of people are going to have questions with that. So, yeah. like, how do people get a hold of you? Where are you at on, like, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff?
0: Definitely. Everything is Josh Douglas Fishing. So uh, Facebook, Josh Douglas Fishing, Instagram, uh, and, and definitely YouTube uh, Josh Douglas fishing, you can contact me through any of those. My website is joshdouglasfishing.com and you can definitely contact there. And I encourage people to, um, you know, I, I try to help out. answer if, if it's a tournament or I'm really swamped, I, I might not get back to you for a week or something, but you'll definitely at some point I will sit down and go through every single one of those messages and, uh, and, and try to get back to somebody. So I encourage anybody to use any of those and please follow me. I, I take pride in trying to keep, you know, information coming to people, uh, you know, that are fans of the sport, fans of myself and stuff like that. So definitely, you know, follow me like me and, uh, I'll keep the, I'll try to keep the stuff coming.
1: All right. That's perfect. And, and you know what? We love the stuff we see out of you too. So
0: awesome. We, I appreciate yeah, that. Man. We Thank greatly
1: you. appreciate everything you do for us at Shields. Thank you for, uh, you know, for joining us today and, and spitting some yeah, great information out. It's been a blast.
0: Well, awesome, definitely, man. I can't wait to come back on. I'm sure I'll get the opportunity again Uh, one day. We'll be talking about something, hopefully a big win or something like that that we're going to talk about. But and tell them, man, you know where I'll be. I'll be out on the water uh, casting. So I appreciate you letting me come on.
1: Yep. All right. Perfect. Well, hey. Best of luck in the in your future time on the water and uh, and thanks again for joining us.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Good one. Stay safe. Yep. You too.
1: You just heard our conversation with Shields Pro Staff member, Josh Douglas. He gave a ton of awesome information, and, uh, and we wish him the best of luck in his future tournaments and time out on the water. If you like what you saw today, feel free to give us a uh, follow on the listening platform you chose today. And also make sure to follow us on Shields Outdoors Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions, feel free to leave it in the comments below or ask us on social media. And with that, we want to thank you for listening and see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages.
1: Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.